Hello, and welcome to the Anarcho-Biblicalist Bookcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I am joined by my good, good friend, Juan. How you doing? Thanks, Ryan. I'm doing good. You know, this week, I've been kind of like just chilling and eating popcorn to the whole the FBI rates Trump's house thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because th- th- this is my, op- not my opinion, but this is why I see it, right? So mm-hmm. all the conservatives are like all up in arms that the FBI overstepped their authority and um, entered Trump's house. Okay? Yes. And then that led them to them becoming accidentally based by them now wanting to defund the police and the FBI. Yeah, yeah, it's very much a, a fucking... It's very much a thing of, like, I don't... I agree with them, but not for the reasons that they're saying. <laughs> like, we both think the same thing should happen, and we both now think the FBI is bad, but, like, I thought the FBI was bad because of COINTELPRO and shit. And then there's there's a bunch of videos of on TikTok, YouTube... Uh, just regular conservatives, you know, demanding that. And mm. all the stupid lips in the comments are pointing out their hypocrisy. And it's like, no, shh, guy the way. Don't correct them on this one. <laughs> let it be. Just just let it lie. <laughs> let them fight. <laughs> the more right-wing nuts attacking FBI outposts, the less they are cracking down on Black Lives Matter leaders. Let them be. <laughs> is, that, is that one a call to arms? Should we include that? <laughs> that is not a call to arms. I do not endorse it, but if it does happen, I will find it hilarious. Okay, there we go. I think we're legally okay now. So, Juan, can you give us a quick summary of what happened last week? Oh, boy. Last week, we learned about our boy, Abram, later known as Abraham. So he just went out and became like a little like a little nomad just traveling what, I, if I remember correctly, was like Jerusalem, not Jerusalem, but like the Palestine israel area yeah somewhere around there just getting to a whole lot of shenanigans and having a you know good old time raiding kings with his slaves and uh being a cuck to the pharaoh oh yeah the fun stuff before we got into the really dark part of um sexually assaulting a slave and mutilating his slaves he had two kids one was ishmael who was the slave one and another was Isaac, right? Yeah. Born correct. to his actual wife. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of uh, slavery, sexual assault, circumcision, and adultery. Yeah, so fun stuff. Um, do you have any predictions for where the story's going to go this time? Um, it, when they were talking about the wars between all those kings, World uh-huh. War King. World War King. They, <laughs> um, <laughs> they mentioned about Son Gomorrah that their wickedness was not yet complete, so... I'm guessing we are going into Saddam and Gomorrah. Saddam Hussein and Gomorrah, yes. Gomorrah being, uh, they stole that name from the hotel in Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> Fucking bastards. <laughs> that one sure came first, yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, before we get into it, um, probably should have already done it, but uh, content warning. This book is fucking awful. <laughs> um, if you don't like any of the things listed in our summary. Basically, if you're sensitive to any of those subjects... Probably don't listen to this podcast at all. Okay, now on. Now we get into our first verse of the day. Are you ready? No, but let's go. <laughs> the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, As he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. 
Let me bring a little bread, that you may refresh yourself, and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant, who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them, and stood by them under the tree while they ate. So we find Abraham uh, just meeting God, as he usually does. You know, it's a big day when you meet God. It doesn't happen every day. So so he wanted to give God a good, good little meal. Wait, so it said three men standing near him, and the three men are God? Like, does the Trinity already exist, or...? Am I reading wrong here? No. No to summarize. The Trinity doesn't already exist. My interpretation is that this is God and two angels. Oh. We'll get to that reason. You know, we we will stick with these characters for a little bit. I would certainly argue it's not the Trinity. Uh, Christians would argue otherwise, but I would disagree with them. And I think I have some pretty good reasons for it. Guy came in with his crew about to drop some dope lines on some slaves. (laughs) <laughs> he's fucking ready and those slaves are named uh homar hum, hum, uh shit i already forget her name which is not ideal something it's, it's, it's something to what i said it sucks because like i feel like if there's any character whose name deserves to be remembered in this story it's her because like she's just having a rough time of it but no we did make a sure we did don't. make a point in the last episode that slaves are not treated with dignity in the old testament and then At- we fail to treat her with dignity by not remembering her name. Yeah. But to be fair, though, her name is not English. So how the fuck am I supposed to remember it? <laughs> or Spanish. English or Spanish. I mean, if it was Italian, I would probably also remember it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There'll be plenty. A few more centuries, there'll be plenty of pre-Italian slaves. <laughs> sure will be, unfortunately. All right. Next verse is, they said to him, where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, there in the tent then one said i will surely return to you in due season and your wife sarah shall have a son and sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him now abraham and sarah were old advanced in age it had ceased to be with sarah after the manner of woman so sarah laughed to herself saying after i have grown old and my husband is old shall i be fruitful the lord said to abraham why did sarah laugh and say Shall I indeed bear a child, now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Yes, you did laugh. (laughs) I love the, uh, did you laugh? Uh, no. Yes, you did. did. (laughs) I fucking love the prospect of an omniscient god being like, where the fuck is this woman that's... Only a few meters away from me. Didn't know that, but he knew that she was laughing. That's a fucking, that's a fucking theme in the Bible. I don't know if he's be doing it like rhetorically or what, but like, he's just like, hey, where are you? He's just walking around, can't find fucking anyone. <laughs> Did that in the fucking Garden of Eden too. You know what I think it is? You know how like when you just are just walking, whatever, comfortably in your house and you like accidentally bump into something, it doesn't really hurt, but you say, ow. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like he's doing, the, he's doing the godly version of that. Maybe. He's like, I know where you are, but I want you to tell me where you are. And also, if By I was way, Sarah and God just told me I'm going to have a son at the age of like 99, 
I'd be afraid too. I'm a fucking die. There ain't no medicine at this time. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, not trying to not trying to get infected, man. So uh love a good doublet. It's been a while, but last week there was also a bit about them laughing at having kids in their old, old, old age. Also, this whole time there's been a pun that I've been sort of ignoring because I wanted to independently fact check it. Basically, the future tense for laugh in Hebrew is Itzak, and the Itzak name these nuts. Isaac. Ah! <laughs> Damn. Bro, that's why they're laughing. <laughs> Fucking got him. <laughs> but, sorry, uh, yeah, on. the name... <laughs> the words Itzak the word Itzak is also the name Isaac confirmed it was actually like a pun in the original Hebrew what? and not just like a false etymology like sometimes happens in the Bible wait, wait so, okay the pen sense of laugh is Itzak which is also the name of Isaac yeah why Why is it a pun basically they keep laughing every time that uh, God tells them they're gonna have a kid it's like, no, we're not. We're fucking old. But God's like, oh, yeah? You're really going to fucking laugh when your kid's name is Laugh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you laughed at my suggestion, yeah, and now your kid's God. a joke. Eat sock these nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, he fucking said. <laughs> they said, I'm going to eat sock at that. And God said, eat sock these nuts. <laughs> Now, I know what you're thinking, Juan. It's been, like, two whole paragraphs, and there hasn't been an atrocity yet. I don't know. Giving God curds to eat does sound like an atrocity. Wait, say again? Because he said he made quick of, like, the milk and curds. Oh, true. And I also didn't say specifically that they cooked the calf or whatever. Curds. Yeah. I like to think they ate it alive, because they're weird God men. (laughs) just picks it up and eats it like bubblegum yeah and it's a little chewy now there is some lead up before the next atrocity but we're going to get to the next heavy part <laughs> we're start we're gonna start leading to the next heavy part now and i hope you're ready all right all right thus starts the tale of sodom and gomorrah then the men set out from there and they looked towards sodom and abraham went with them to set them on their way the lord said shall i hide from abraham what i am about to do Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? No, for I have chosen him, that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin! I must go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me. And if not, I will know. So did God just speak in a third person here? Yeah. Maybe he's one of those guys. <laughs> he, he spoke a little bit in the third person. I think what he's... He's basically just seems to be agonizing as to whether he's going to tell Abraham his terrible plan to destroy two cities full of people. My headcanon is that like he's talking to himself in front of Abraham. Like, I know it says, it says yeah. they, they sell from there, but it doesn't say that they split up. So Abraham's just, like, right next to him. He's like, should I tell Abraham? Abraham's like, tell me what? <laughs> no, oh, but I must. I can't tell you Abraham tell this awful thing I'm going to do. Oh, but Wait. <laughs> just Abraham's just right there. And he's just like, uh, oh, no. What am I going to, what is he going to get into us next? Uh, historicity note, by the way. A lot of people have 
thought about where the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah might have been. Uh, I haven't seen any good evidence that they're actually concretely based off of a specific city or anything. I doubt they... I, I personally doubt they ever existed. I'll say that. It's really funny if this sets out to be like a Atlantis situation where Plato was like, yeah, there's this city that came to try and defeat us Greeks, but alas, their hubris was their ending. And now everybody thinks that Atlantis was a real place. He was just telling a tall tale. Yeah, and I, I mean, feel like it's the same thing with the Bible. It's like, look at these cities that are, are really bad and God destroyed them. Take note of this tale that I've just told you. And everybody's like, oh, where are they? <laughs> no, it's 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 a moral tale. It's like, can I? I'm gonna go find them. No, it's not real. It's like I'm gonna go find them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one could argue that that is the Bible in a nutshell, in a lot of cases, anyways. But yeah, I, I'd argue that this is more like a legend that is a morality tale in some capacity. I don't know what morals one gets from them, <laughs> to be honest. After reading this, but uh, we'll have to see. So now God's gonna reveal his, his 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 plan, his scheme to Abraham. So the men turned from where they were and went to Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such things, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous fare as the wicked, far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered, Let me take it upon myself to speak to my Lord, I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous were lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. And again he spoke to him, Suppose forty are found there. He said, For the sake of forty I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, do not let my lord be angry if I speak. Suppose thirty are found there. Oh my god. <laughs> he answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Let me take it upon myself to speak to my lord. Suppose twenty are found there. Oh my god! <laughs> what is this fucking debate Lord talking about? Let's say for the sake of argument. Let's say for the sake of argument that there are 20 righteous people found in Sodom. <laughs> Would my lord then destroy the city? <laughs> therefore, it comes to the conclusion that if there are 30 righteous people, he will not destroy the city. But then therefore, what if it, maybe there are now 20 righteous people in the city? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, do not let my lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham, and Abraham returned to his place. <laughs> oh my fucking god I that... like to think god just got fucking annoyed and left then <laughs> it's the same thing with the fucking flood he's like oh I will destroy the flood but wait what about the animals uh fine you know he just like kept I don't know, know put him on a boat <laughs> what if 50 are there fine I guess the city can live what about 40 uh, 
fine. Maybe Abraham knew he had a shot, you know, of talking him down. God's will is not that strong. <laughs> yeah, and for the forgetful listener, Abraham was probably so fucking annoying because uh, his nephew, Lot, lived in Sodom at that time. Oh, yeah, that is true. I guess I'm the forgetful <laughs> no, listener. No, I, I would be too. Don't worry. But it's just, oh, my God. Like, throughout the whole time reading this thing, it seems at least like it was... That seems... It was well-written. <laughs> like, you know, it, there were, like, some really cool lines here and there. Some nice repetition in, like, a really, you know, cool way. And this was just painful. <laughs> like, I get the point it's trying to make, but... I'm willing to give it... This sucks. I'm willing to give it a bit of a, uh... <laughs> a bit of a benefit of the doubt, because I can see it being sort of like a literary repetition. I'm not... You know, I... I can dissect literature, but I'm not, like, the biggest expert in the world on it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, this is just, like, silly for me to read. No, this was, this was like, some uh, Nathan Fielder-level type cringe, like, which I understand is trying to get to a point, but, like, I don't appreciate it here. <laughs> this is 2,000 years before that type of comedy is polished up. Yeah, this is fucking Abraham making God, like, crawl through a small door into a room with a crocodile before he can destroy Sodom. It's like the fucking, uh, the free TV episode or whatever. All right. So those other two guys who are with God, who, let's take it for a moment and say that they are, uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit or whatever. <laughs> let's just keep that in mind as, as things go. That, <laughs> that I, I was taught in Catholic school that they were you know, the Jeebus and the spirit. Let's follow them into Sodom and see what they do. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry, my head was just like, um, you know, God rolled up with um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Abraham. Abraham, Jesus. This is what I did with all the foreskins <laughs> I collected. Thank you very much. And he beauty. Because <laughs> I'm just picturing like a pile of gurgling foreskins trying to speak with like hair on top. <laughs> Like it's not polished yet. But yeah, no. He this is this is Alpha he, Jesus. Yeah. Once once it, he gets a proper release, he's like that chiseled, for some reason, you know, Caucasian, <laughs> long-haired male. But for now, he's uh, he's in a prototype stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still updating him. They're still doing testing and patching. All right, let's go. Let's go to Sodom. Let's let's see what they're up to there. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of Sodom. When Lot saw them. He rose to meet them and bowed down his face to the ground. He said, Please, lords, turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you can rise early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the square. But he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all of the people to the last man surrounded the house, and they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them. And to make sure everybody's on the same page, they mean fucking them. Knowing them in the biblical sense means they want to fuck them. Oh. <laughs> so they see foreskin Jesus and they're like, Hey, what are you up to? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jesus, what what them foreskins do? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody, like... Because I feel like... Do they be clapping? Hell yeah, they be clapping. <laughs> Unfortunately, they be clapping. Because I like that, like, everybody says, Oh, the three three people came to Abraham's house. They must be 
Jesus and the Holy Spirit also. But then, uh, but then they they read this uh, story if they ever do, without that context, and be like, oh, those are angels. Nobody would ever want to have sex with Jesus. That's unholy. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I don't think that this is Jesus, and also all of the things that it says. I, I believe it literally says that they're angels of God at one point. I also like how both uh, Abraham and Lot are just like, hey, will you please come into my house? I want to give you a little little foot rub. I want to give you a little meal. Make you a little snack, you know? Oh, God. That's that's the Epstein method. Oh, no. Is it? He would bring in girls and, you know, interview them for jobs or, like, talent. And then either offer them foot rubs or Jillian Maxwell will like suggested the girls to give him foot rubs and that's how it always started oh god that's a disaster might be worth cutting that let's see <laughs> no because it shows how deprived everybody is in this fucking book i don't give a fuck this is this is a depraved book even the so-called holy ones are here falling in epstein's footprints dear god or you know probably the other <laughs> way around but <laughs> all right the bible's about to have another normal one you ready one you say that now but literally the whole town came in to fucking Ram Femboy, <laughs> Angel 1 and 2. Well, it's already started. The normal one's already started. It's about to get even more normal, though. <laughs> All right. Lot went out of the door to the men, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you, and do to them as you please. What the fuck? Whoa! Oh my god. Why the fuck are you living in that town? Yeah, what the fuck? So, uh, the way he says it, it feels like he already knows who these people are. Yeah, he, he's, he lives in that town. This, these are his neighbors. This is his fucking, uh... <laughs> this is his Ned Flanders coming in to, to, to drop in and say hi. This is his Kramer coming in and be like, Hey, we want to fuck those angels. Well, I guess if you're in that situation... I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you would do in that situation. But I don't yeah, know. it's a real two people rape for two people rape. It's a real would you rather? It's a real. It's a real dilemma. Yes, Captain. We trade lives here. All right, let's see where this goes. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they replied, "Stand back!" And they said, "This fellow came here as an alien, and he would play the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them." <laughs> Oh my god. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot, and came near the door to break it down. But the men inside reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them, and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the door of the house, both small and great, so that they were unable to find the door. <laughs> okay, that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's a good response, I feel like. But, oh my god, they're-, they're Who do you think you are? We're gonna fuck you harder for judging us. We're gonna fuck you because you judged us. Please don't take the pussy. Take the pussy. No, we don't want no fucking pussy. I, we're offended even the notion. Now we're gonna take your pussy. And like, he's like, oh, these men took shelter under my roof. I can't give them up. Unlike my daughters who aren't, haven't taken shelter under my roof. Don't take shelter under my roof, apparently. Yeah. I also love how he um, says, they never known a man. It's like, bitch, how do you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, true. I mean, that ain't your business. Yeah. You're right. Unless they, unless somewhere it says that they are under age of consent, in which case I did not say what I, I mean, just said. There's literally no textual evidence one way or another. But All right, good. I'm in the clear. Moreover, there's a little bit of inconsistent textual evidence coming up, and I'll read that right now. About what? Lot having two daughters. Um, about uh, 
whether they have known men. Oh. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons-in-law, sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of this place. For we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people have become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law, who were married to his daughters, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-laws to be jesting. Oh, so they do know men. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's like different daughters. Like he has some daughters under his roof and other daughters with sons-in-law. But like either he was like lying or something or he lost a few daughters in the in the in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. If your girl's old man is coming to you and being like, yo, the city's about to be destroyed. Get out of here. I feel like there's no other way to take it other than to like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What do you mean? Ah, uh, very funny, Lot. He's a prankster. <laughs> uh, it's just Lot having a PTSD from the old war, from a World War King. Don't worry about him. Lot, you think I would f- think I'm gonna fall for that after you got me with the whoopee cushion last week? No way. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's time for them to dip out. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or else you will be consumed by the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and left him outside the city. When they had brought them outside, they said, Flee for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hills or else you will be consumed. And Lot said to them, Oh no, my lords, your servant has found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life, but I cannot flee to the hills, for fear the disaster will overtake me and I die. Look, that city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life shall be spared. He said to him, Very well, I grant you this favor too and will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore the city was called Zoar. Yeah, that's a weird little detail of just like, maybe don't destroy that city. I know this whole area is all sinful, but like, it's just a little city, and I'll be there. I'm a nice guy. Fine, I guess I won't doom another city. You can go there. Like if it's... (laughs) A lot of effort to put into not destroying a city. He's like, but what if I get sleepy on the way to the plains? And I get tired, and I run not so fast, and then I don't make it. Yeah, I haven't seen anything conclusive as to whether Zoar is a real place, by the way. But what were you saying? There's just this little city. You're surviving on away from uh, Sodom. You know, I imagine they must be really nervous living to a city full of just fucking weirdos. And, you know, they got their own little culture and everything. They got a name for themselves. And then out of nowhere, this asshole comes with, like, the earth <laughs> sinking out underneath him. He's like, all right, this place is now called Sore. Who the fuck are you? This place is now called Tiny Fucking Puny Little Guy. <laughs> That's what this city's called now. And, you know, they always would be mad. It's like, this guy just came here and, like, his presence here just colonized us. But... <laughs> I, I, we can't say anything because the earth was literally destroyed right behind him. So I guess we just better not fuck with it. I guess we're called Sora now. 
Unless, you know, we want to be devoured by the earth, too. But also, they haven't even gotten there yet. There's another, uh, there's another bit of them running, and we're gonna get right into that. Oh, the chase sequence. Chase sequence. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities, and all the plain, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Okay, they stole that from fucking Orpheus. They stole that from Orpheus? From Orpheus? No, not from Morpheus, from Orpheus. Oh, that was fucking stupid of me. <laughs> Morpheus, Orpheus, seashell by the she's Orpheus. Because I, I was thinking you said Morbius, but like I forgot that... <laughs> <laughs> that Morbius and Morpheus were pronounced differently and spelled differently and were different. <laughs> Orpheus... Or, <laughs> Orpheus is the... um. Uh, okay, maybe it's not... Yeah, it's Orpheus. It is Orpheus. The, the Greek the, tale the, about the heart player who seduces Hades into giving back his wife then he looks back and his wife's gone yeah it's like you you stole you saw a bit of the plot there I, I yeah. see that I think you get away with it possibly a little bit of cultural borrowing honestly I don't know oh I don't, yeah I, I don't know I don't, I don't know if anybody could know but people study this there's a lot of uh in terms of like the ancient Near East and like that the areas like that are sort of nearby Israel and their influences on uh, Jewish religion and like myth and stuff, and then there's also the broader sort of Indo-European shit, which I forget if it, it is. I forget the extent to which Jewish myth is like in that sort of sphere. I guess there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of bleed over in myth and like a lot of people who study very closely what is related and like you know what the diff what the little. Uh, similarities between myths are and if they had a common origin point it's possible i mean you know the 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 don't look back bit that might just be sort it could be coincidence but honestly i have no idea i mean just might be like do exactly what the angels tell you to do a failure to do so will result in dire consequences i feel like that's the general lesson here with those two tales yeah yeah if you if you save some angels from getting had sex with listen to them closely that's that's the universal (laughs) <laughs> lesson to be taken here but why did gomorrah go down like he just kind of lumped these two cities together the whole and, plane like, i think yeah yeah he just kind of lumped them in together it's like it was like 10 people dude calm down you didn't even you didn't even give abraham a chance to find those 50 40 30 20 10 righteous people <laughs> true i guess I mean, there was already one lot i mean shit yeah what if lot's sons-in-law were uh righteous they're dead. They damn, didn't even give him a chance. Also, like it, I think like a couple of paragraphs ago, it's like get your wife and your two daughters who are here. I I think they are like the daughters who are at home who are with them, and then his other daughters are just dead now. Damn, y- y'all punish a lot more than anything. Yeah, because now he has to deal with the loss of a lot of family, while everybody else is just dead. Oh, lots of punishment is gonna ramp up even from here. What the fuck did he do? Oh, well, I guess we'll find out. Oh, we won't find out, but we will see what his <laughs> what his trials and tribulations are. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord, and he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, and toward all the land of the plain, and saw the smoke of the land going up like the smoke of a furnace. Wow, so- what a what a deep simile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literature, folks. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the plain. God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, 
when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had settled. <sighs> yeah, I mean, so really, they, he saved Lot. You're welcome. <laughs> this wasn't a punishment by having his daughters and sons-in-law killed. This was, uh, this was mercy. And also his wife. Don't forget his wife. <laughs> I can just imagine Lot just, you know, he has, like, some, uh, some dried meat. Well, he's gonna dry some meat. He just has the pillar. Like, he's chiseling out the salt while crying. It's like, oh, my dear love. Oh, my God, you're so useful right now. <laughs> I mean, he's a—he's an ancient anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> He—he's got to use every bit of resources he's got. And God gave you literal human resources. You must utilize and salt resources. Exchanged your uh, human resources into salt resources, not by uh, the usual buying and selling, but by just directly. <laughs> All right, one. Remember, Wait, uh, isn't al- wasn't isn't like I'm not sure if you would even know anything about this, but wasn't alchemy kind of seen as blasphemous? Um. Yes, Isn't that kind of what he I did think. here? I think so. I mean, like, I don't know if it would apply back in these days. These days also didn't exist. I don't know if it would apply to, like, ancient Hebrews and, like, Jewish people uh, reading this. I think to a certain extent it would. Um, either way. Oh, yeah, probably. They could. They probably couldn't pronounce the word alchemy anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I can barely pronounce Hebrew, so <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> now, on remember a couple of episodes back, that story about Noah getting drunk? And, like, all of the weird subtext and speculation there. Yeah, very metaphorical story following a rather straightforward one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very odd, yes. So what if he took that story and made the, uh, instead of taking having, like, subtext, just making it the text and making it the worst possible version of any of the speculation? Uh, so we're just going to talk about castration now? No. Incest. Oh. Oh, well, what the fuck did you get incest from the Noah tale? That was a thing that a sister had told me, that it was an incest subtext. Anyways. Mmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I feel like you need to talk to that sister and send her to, to therapy. I mean, probably most sisters need to go to therapy. Uh, that's maybe a little too far. I don't know. Well, anyways. Nalot went up out of Zoar and settled in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to stay in Zoar. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the young... Oh, wait, is this a fucking story I think is about to be... Okay. Yep, sure is. I think I know where this is no, going. Yep, you know. <laughs> and the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us, after the manner of all the world. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, so that we may preserve offspring through our father. This, uh, this episode of the Ankle Publics Podcast brought to you by Brazzers. No, it is not. <laughs> Parentheses. No, yeah, I, uh... It's like Zor, you know. It's a little city. There's no people there. <laughs> I don't know why they think there's not a man on Earth to come into them. <laughs> I don't get that part. <laughs> because, like, textually, they, they just left a place where they were meant to come into them. <laughs> you, you, you know, like, the really famous Twitter template, which is, like, some woman being like, damn, why can't I find a man like this? And then some guy's like, Yo, what's what up? Oh, yeah. She's like, no. It's like I'm literally, literally the, the guy, guy in the picture. picture. Yeah. This is them. <laughs> yeah, and so they did uh, some violence. <laughs> a lot just, you know, came, got fucking spared. Him and his family being the few righteous in the city of fucking degenerates. What the Bible terms degenerates, not me. Mm-hmm. And then they come here like actual degenerates and try to uh, incest and sexual assault. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, nobody listens to God in this fucking book. And, like, not that they should, but when they don't listen to him... <laughs> He's also an asshole. He's also an asshole. But when they don't listen to him, they go out and do the worst <laughs> things. Yeah. All right. Let's rip this Band-Aid off. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and laid with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she rose. On the next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Look, I lay last night with my father, you. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him, also you, so that we may preserve offspring through our father. So they made their father drink what? Also Also you. (laughs) So they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger rose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she rose. Thus both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son named Moab. He is the ancestor of the Moabites today. The younger also bore a son named Ben-Ami, and he is the ancestor of the Ammonites to this day. How the fuck do you get Ammonites from Ben-Ami? Maybe the Ami part? Ammonites? Ah, okay. (laughs) You got me there. The fucking plot twist at the end here is uh, that this is all, that this whole bit is like fucking political slander. Because, like... Oh, my God, yeah, it fucking is! Because, like, the Moabites and the Ammonites were, like, later in the Bible, like, neighbors of the Israelites who they would fight with. And, like, there's, like, historical records of them also. So, like, they existed. (laughs) I think more so for the Ammonites than the Moabites. Maybe I'm getting that flipped, but, like... Holy shit, the people that wrote the Bible, literally, it's, it's like, you go into chat and call whoever you're, uh, arguing with a fucking inbred. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, basically, this is... This is basically that. (laughs) The asshole kingdom made a story up about... <laughs> this isn't as disgusting, not knowing that it's basically an insult to a group of people. Like, it's still disgusting in and of itself, but, like... It's, it's like it's like when you tell somebody that... <laughs> now it's racist, <laughs> also. Yeah, but it's more, it's more akin now to... It's less the Bible and God endorsing this, and more so, like, a fucking Xbox Live insult. Yeah, this is fucking Xbox Live shit. It's like if... America's, like, history book said Canada came into being when a moose fucked a goose. <laughs> and then he said, I'm sorry. By the way, this 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 section is literally titled, like, The Shameful Origin of Moab and Amman. Huh. How'd I miss that? <laughs> also, is this Moab? Can you explain to me why his name sounds so familiar? I feel like I've heard that name way too often. Is there, like, some conspiracy shit with it? See a demon? Is there something like that? Um... I feel like that word has come out of Alex Jones' mouth way too much. Huh. I don't know. I mean, it looks like it's at least a uh, city in Utah upon a brief Google. That's so weird to me. Who the fuck decides to name a city that? In America? I- Mormons. How the <laughs> fuck you get away with that? Half of cities in America are, like, from the Bible in some capacity. Well, yeah, that makes sense, but whoever thought it'd be a good blessing to name your city <laughs> Moab? I mean, they probably read, like, a different three paragraphs in the Bible and were like, hmm, maybe me name city this. Or unless they wanted to compete with Georgia for incest, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, because like 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 is the whole point of this of this podcast is that everybody reads the Bible in little snippets. <laughs> Nobody reads just the whole thing. I feel like at by the end of this podcast, I'm gonna feel like the guy from They Live, in which I have the glasses on and just see all the f- like bullshittery around me from the Bible. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm 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 ready for that. <laughs> Jordan, you have condemned me to a life of conflict. I will never know peace <laughs> now, bro. Your ability to argue with religious people will. You will be fedora levels 
of having atheist ammunition, man. Ha, jokes on you. I'm not white. Uh, I don't I I cannot be cursed with such affliction. True. Not allowed to be a Discord moderator. <laughs> but I also not exactly from Mexico. Well, I mean I'm from Mexico, but like I didn't live long enough there to know what the equivalence of that is there. So I'm in this limbo state where I can't be either. Damn. True. I mean, I think the one drop rule <laughs> makes me not eligible for being a Discord moderator. That is true, but you are passing though. I'm very passing, so, yeah. But also, like, yeah, my ability to argue religious people has increased tenfold. But I never wanted to do that in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Past that stage in your life. I'm just really good at something I don't want to do. Like, my job. <laughs> Bro, honestly, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was talking about in that, uh, I was talking about in that I am very, I would, in theory, be very good at arguing against religious people, but I don't. But also... But also, low-key, the second part is true. <laughs> yeah. But also, I feel like what I have gathered is that if you just read the Bible enough, you already know more than most religious people. So, it's not a high <laughs> bar to break, let's be honest. Yeah. Alright. So, the Sodom and Gomorrah saga is over, and now we got a couple more wacky failure. That was such a short saga for something I hear so much. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like another one of these episodes. I guess it was a little longer, I think. Or at least I got the impression that it was. But now we just got a couple more wacky filler episodes, basically. Uh, in fact, uh, we're about to have a rerun. Uh, remember when Abraham and Sarah were in Egypt? And and, and that and that whole cucking thing happened? Yeah. Uh, keep that story in mind as I read this next bit. Alright. From there, Abraham journeyed toward the region of Negeb and settled between Kadesh and Shur. While residing in Gerar as an alien, Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. And King Abimelech of Gerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, You are about to die because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. I did this in the integrity of my heart, in the innocence of my hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. Furthermore, it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not <laughs> let you touch her. <laughs> now then... <laughs> Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. <laughs> God is so fucking... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you, but I didn't do anything wrong. I know. Shut up. I did that, actually. <laughs> can't fucking just contradict him or else he'll just do some mental gymnastics. <laughs> and I think there's a different way to read that. Where it's like, you'll die because you took her away. But I didn't fuck her. Yeah, because of me, but give her back. <laughs> or, or, or I think it's like, don't... He's like, you'll die if you fuck her. And he's like, but I didn't fuck her. And he's like, yeah, I did that, but give her back. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I stopped I, I, you from guess... fucking her, but I did not stop you from taking her at all, or in which case, even coming into this situation in the first place. And I could definitely <laughs> stop people from fucking other people, 
but I did not did that with Gamora or Saddam. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that wacky god. I also love the the the, the reuse of the classic uh, saying, "My wife is my sister, so a king sleeps with her, and thus is cursed by God." Trick, but it didn't work this time. The, the fact that this happened more than once makes me think <laughs> it is a kink. <laughs> Fucking possibly. If I had a nickel for every time that happened, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird it happened twice. And I just imagine Abraham's just like off in the corner is just like either unbothered by this or just, yeah, just feverishly masturbating. So Abimelech props on you being able to pronounce that guy's name. Thank you. Abimelech. I mean, I'm also sort of spitballing it. I'm just finding something that I think sounds decent enough. (laughs) Also, want to point out the sense, while residing in Gerar as an alien, is the most Star Wars esque sense I have ever fucking read, <laughs> and I've read a few Star Wars books. <laughs> I don't know, Juan. Have you really read a Star Wars book unless you've read the novelization of Star Wars Episode Three? <laughs> I've I've read the comic book version of The Empire Strikes Back. Ah, oh, shit. Never mind. And guess what? <laughs> It's literally the exact same thing in picture form. I'm not sure why they fucking bothered. It's just, it's just the fucking storyboard. I mean, yeah, basically, storyboard was shittier art. <laughs> Wait, there's a novelization of episode three? Yeah, I was referencing that because everyone roasted me when we were hanging out with friends that I read that and that it exists. Oh my. How the fuck do you, how the fuck do you explain that, like, lightsaber fight at the end? <laughs> how how was that yeah. detailed? It's it's a good question. I like to. I, I don't think I even got that far, but I like to think it was. It just said. <laughs> I like to think it it was uh, announced like a soccer match or like a baseball game. <laughs> then Anakin sings right on. No, Obi Wan comes in with an underhand, and oh my god, he cuts his leg off. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you yeah, know, Anakin really had him in the first half, but uh, but then, you know, well, it took that half time. He got into the right headspace. He took that high ground, and from there, it was just over. <laughs> and then Joe Rogan comes in to, like, a fucking, you know, half-burned corpse of Anakin. It's like, Anakin, how do you feel today? <laughs> and Anakin's just like, I hate him. I hate you. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> you pull that up, Jamie. <laughs> Google images of Anakin. Oh, I'm sure some of you guys remember that uh, Anakin cut his uh, got mutilated last episode, but here now they got these crazy implementations that let him walk again. <laughs> Jamie, pull, pull that, that up. Jamie. All right, we're about to get into a bit of a plot twist. You ready? <laughs> okay. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And all the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I sinned against you? That you have brought such great guilt on me and my kingdom. You have done things to me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What were you thinking that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought, Surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. Yeah. What? Hold up. Give me a, sec- give me a second to uh, process that. Okay, I see. Yeah. Plot twist. Sarah is literally Abraham's sister. His half-sister. 
Once again, this episode of the Uncle Willis podcast brought to you by Brazzers. <laughs> Which, yeah. Just, 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 just more fucking layers to this thing. <laughs> more layers of bullshit. <laughs> and I save me, step brother. I'm in the hands of the pharaoh. <laughs> and like, but yeah, I mean, it's just more, more and more layers, more and more added as we, as we fucking read more. I have slowly been convinced that this is actually like the most, like genius piece of dark comedy that everybody took literally. <laughs> Cause every layer that just unfolds is like, oh no, <laughs> oh, oh no. no, 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 no. But then everybody in the ancient world just took it like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the fucking sickos in that one, <laughs> in that one comic, in that one parody Ben Garrison comic. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. With each page that we turn from this book, the closer we go to hell. <laughs> We're already in hell. This is hell. <laughs> Why was at the end of this book is super hell. Oh, mega hell. Yeah. Shit, I lost where we were. <laughs> uh, verse 13. Okay. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do me. At every place to which we come, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife to him. Abimelech. <laughs> Sorry, it's just that the restored Sarah to him it's kind of like he clicked undo in like a windows command prompt or something he controlled Z that shit Abimelech said my land is before you sell where it pleases you to Sarah he said look I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver it is your exoneration before all who are with you you are completely vindicated then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all fa- for the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. <laughs> what? Yeah, I guess God fucking did hysterectomied everyone off screen and then undid it on screen. <laughs> Yo, this is such a fucking retcon. Because <laughs> this is Oh my No. Th- this is like when an anime like, in a filler episode, it explains, like, a plot hole in, like, the last season. <laughs> Except it's, like, within a paragraph of writing. <laughs> Somebody complained to the writers, wait, how, if you said Sarah was barren, how can she give a kid? Ah, whatever, God fixed it somewhere in between. No, but it was all of fucking Abimelech's people. It was, like, it didn't even, because, like, it's not that, like, Sarah is now fertile, which, like, you know, with the fucking genes that are going on. Maybe that's why they couldn't have kids, but, oh. <laughs> but like it's a, but, but God healed all of Abimelech's, Abimelech's wife and all of Abimelech's female slaves who they had not mentioned before were, were barren since Sarah was there. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I, I took it to mean as like, Sarah was like already unable to do it and fixed it when this whole situation, uh, concluded so that's that's what I took yeah. it to mean, but yeah, I guess you're right. That makes more sense. But yeah, either way, like it's just a weird little detail. Well, it looks like Abraham got into Abimelech's house. I guess time to initiate wombremoval.exe. But he also controlled Zed. He he killed he killed the program. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird place for this story to be in. I know. It was just telling like, this us is a... right after Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, this is right after. <laughs> 
yeah, you just tell us a tale about how God destroyed the city for this type of shit, and here's Abraham, his fucking champion, doing this type of shit. Yeah, it it's just so weird, man. <laughs> All right, you get you ready to get back into like a story that we've heard like three times already? Uh, yeah. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son, whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. What a fucking... What... Such a precious moment, and they had to put the pun right in the middle of it. God has brought laughter Just for right me. in the middle. Yeah. You suck on these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is... The Bible just went... Our last episode of the Old Testament. Abraham and Sarah give birth to Isaac. Now, back to the Old Testament. In this episode of the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. I think that this is like... I think that this is more a Goku arriving to the battle situation where it's like we see we see him on his way for like 12 episodes and now finally he's arrived because i think that like they've been like oh you're gonna have a son and you're gonna name him isaac because of laugh no, i'm pretty sure they already oh, said you're gonna have a son i didn't detail his birth but i already i thought i said that they already that like you know his, his son was born his name was isaac yeah when when his son they have said like five times that you're going to have a son you're going to have a lot of kids uh, your son's gonna be named Isaac because of laughter, and you're gonna have a lot of kid. You're gonna have a kid, and that kid's gonna have a nation made out of him. And he, and oh, you're laughing, but I'm gonna name him Laugh. <laughs> what a convoluted plot! Just <laughs> this Isaac better be worth of some importance. <laughs> For such fucking Anyways. hype, he better live up to it. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, now it's time for Abraham to abuse the slaves again. Ugh. <laughs> The children grew and were weaned. Wait. They were weaned, the you child said? grew. They were forced to listen to wean? <laughs> oh, God, what a horrible fate. <laughs> or a great fate, depending on who you are. Probably a bad fate. <laughs> Us being sarcastic, but... Because <laughs> I love a good, a good little wean. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit okay, of Okay, you say that now, but you never accepted my approaches. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> How long have I known you? Like five years, and all these five years of me thirsting over you. Now you tell me. <laughs> oh, shit, do you have a little? <laughs> Is that? <laughs> I assumed you had a hog. <laughs> do I look like the type of person to have a hog? <laughs> I mean, we'll have to we'll have to let the audience decide. <laughs> From the fucking the, the artwork right now to give y'all. A bit of behind-the-scenes knowledge is uh is in progress. It's a little cursed right now, and I hope it still keeps being cursed. They're gonna see that, and they're just gonna be like, "No way, he got a ween. This ain't even human." <laughs> he's he's a fucking Ken doll down there, <laughs> but, but like textured like rock. Like he's the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just built like the thing. 
<laughs> Where I'm just like all cracked. <laughs> just dry. So seriously, what does weaned mean? Oh, I think it's like, and let me fucking Google it to make sure, but I think it's like weaned off of like breast milk. Oh. Yeah, accustomed an infinite or a, accustomed an infant or other young mammal to food other than its mother's milk. Well, Ween, the artist, you got a lot of explaining to do now. <laughs> it, it, it's spelled different in their defense. I still want to hear an explanation from them. Okay, so the child grew and was weaned. <laughs> that sounds so fucking wrong. <laughs> Say it again. It just sounds so wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I see it. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. We'll make it sad. (laughs) But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, Do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with her child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. Oh my god, she that became very... Yeah, she cannot catch a fucking break, dude. The way I imagined my head was very sad, too. It's just like them as toddlers just, you know, enjoying their time together and then just being separated the next day. About that. They're just brothers. About that. Uh, the footnote says that the Hebrew lacks the phrase with her son Isaac when saying that Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham playing with her son Isaac. It's... A possible interpretation is that Sarah just saw the laughter of a child and thought, I don't like this. Unless there's like a bit of Hebrew grammar filling in the blanks. I don't know Hebrew well enough to say, but like, I guess on one hand it lacks that potent image, but on the other hand, she just saw the child playing and was like, he's got to fucking go. I mean, same, but not for the same reason. Yeah, yeah, either way, children playing. And what Sarah thought was... This this family needs to be broken up, actually. Oh my god, poor Hagar. Yeah, poor Hagar. Jesus Christ. Fucking Abraham literally came out and gave her, a, you know, the little sack that uh, travelers carry. And then just... The fucking bindle? Bob, yeah, bindle. And just like, bye-bye. That's what Drake carries. And then he says, well, I'm gonna hit the old dusty trail now. That's who what carries? <laughs> Drake. Drake. Have you seen those memes about Drake? Drake who? Bell? The the artist. What? Yeah. Drake with a bindle? A Gucci one, I hope? <laughs> no, but it's like just Drake doing like cartoon shit. I've seen the ones where he's like, Drake the type of person to like, 
Texas girlfriend XOXO type type of shit. Yeah, but there's also shit like Drake the type Drake's the type of person to say like let me think of a good one. Drake the type of person to rub his belly when he ever eats something delicious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's one of him, there's one that's like a picture of like an Ebenezer Scrooge sleeping hat like ever and he's like Drake the type of person to wear this to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more so in my head. It was it wasn't Drake. It was um, whoever's Latino will know. It's um El Chavo del Ocho, who was like a character from a '70s sitcom, and he lived in a barrel in his neighborhood. And all his only possessions were that barrel and the little what you call it, swindle, bindle, b i n d l. Yeah, that thing, which is an iconic <laughs> character in Mexico. So that's what was in my head. But sure, Drake fits. Oh, yeah. Drake fits too. They're both on the same <laughs> level of um, cartoonishness. Also, I just sent a meme to the chat. <laughs> it's the the thing I was thinking of. Yo, Drake is the type of person to fucking sleep with that hat on. What the fuck? <laughs> with a little fucking candle. <laughs> That's also how I prepare when I go to listen to Drake to get ready to bed. <laughs> Damn. Ready to go night-night. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot who it is, but some guy... He was some. He was streaming himself, and he was like, "Top five rappers: Number one, Drake. Two, Drake. Three, Drake. Four, Drake. Drake, Drake, Drake." And then somebody uh, cuts that to later in the stream where he's listening to his new album, and like halfway through, he falls asleep. <laughs> I don't know if Drake's a bad person at all or anything, but. He's he, he's kind of he's kind of slimy. Oh, is he? Uh, whatever. Then he deserves yeah, all I this think, fucking shit he's getting. Yeah, I think he's like at the very least he hit he hit on uh, Billie Eilish like the second she turned eighteen. Ew! ew. Oh, ew! Yeah. Oh, he's one of them yeah. people. I mean, I would have too, but I was I'm literally her age. Um, Wait, isn't he like forty? Isn't he like in his mid forties? Oh I have no idea how old he is. And married? I'm sure he's married. What the fuck, Drake? Oh my god. <sighs> Nice to see another disciple of God over here. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. When you ain't out here ruining dance hall, you're all here trying to ruin teenage girls' lives. Speaking of a teenage girl's life who has been ruined, let's cut back to Hagar. I fucking assume, honestly. <laughs> unfortunately. I feel like, unfortunately, you have to make that assumption here every time somebody's lust for in this book. Hmm. Yeah. When the water skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him, a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot, for she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water, and gave the boy a drink. And this is also sad, but I also... But, but I kind of find that last bit funny. It's like, oh god, we're gonna die. Oh, was that well there the whole time? <laughs> yeah, that... The, the image of a, a mother having to look away from her child's death, because it's inevitable. Uh, pretty heart-wrenching. Yeah. Especially because, again, being Mexican, I've heard of tales like that of people cr- crossing the border. Yeah, which, like... Having to do similar stuff. Which, like... Uh, so that's crushing. Which, like, unfortunately, like... 
I wish the Bible didn't fucking forget Hagar so much because I feel like a lot of conservative Americans should keep this tale in mind because, like, this is the most fucking emotionally impactful shit in the Bible so far. Honestly, yeah. Like, she is the only one that has acted at all in any logical or moral sense throughout this entire fucking book. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I think this is... I think this is one that a lot of religious people could could use a readover of. Also, God here being like Bojack Horseman, where he puts people in terrible predicaments and then tries to be like the good in their lives. <laughs> like, dude, you created this whole mess in the first place. Yeah, he's 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 a very reactive God. God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. Well, at least Ishmael got to be a real Nimrod. <laughs> what a fucking Nimrod, this guy. Being similar to the Bible character Nimrod. I mean, happy ending besides how this book consistently doesn't treat women as people. Hagar fucking got a wife for him. But, yeah, I mean, at least Hagar, at least they fucking get to live normal, peaceful lives after this. I mean, yeah, Hunter was, like, a, a decent life back then, right? Yeah, I mean, besides how he's an ass of a man, I guess. But, I mean, it was probably good enough you were actually eating meat on the regular, as opposed to, like, the fucking city dwellers. The wheat boys. Chad Ishmael over here. Yeah, dude, uh, this is like a fucking... Uh, liver liver eating Ishmael. Red, red meat diet only, Ishmael. <laughs> fucking raw meat diet. Yeah, he's a fucking... I mean, like... This is a little bit more of the, uh, of the fucking, well, I guess they're all nomads in this. I guess, I guess the fucking virgin Isaac isn't a wheat boy exactly. So now, as an expert of the bow, he then goes on and, uh, shoots somebody in the heel. Damn. He fucking shows up in the, in the Trojan War. Isn't that what you were telling me? Like, a lot of these has, like, tries to steal, like, imagery from the Trojan War? Yeah, there's really funny if he did that. I mean, there's a lot of... If Ishmael killed Isaac by shooting him in the heel. Damn. Uh, let me think. I think I think Isaac's story is stupider than that. Of course it has <laughs> that'll, to be. That'll be next week, though. That'll be next episode. Alright, you ready for a little bit more Abimelech stuff? At that time, Abimelech, with Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now, therefore... Swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me, or with my offspring, or with my posterity. But as I have dealt loyally with you, you will deal loyally with me, and with the land where you have resided as an alien. And Abraham said, I swear it. Okay. I guess he literally just double-crossed him, and moreover, Abraham's probably a national security threat at this point. <laughs> probably why the army was involved in this little agreement. <laughs> My lord, this, this this guy has some maniac, all-powerful maniac behind him. Uh, we should be careful. Yeah, I will set up a covenant with him. Uh, and hope that he doesn't double-cross us. Because how else am I supposed to deal with an all-neurotic god? <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking dangerous god to be dealing with. Dangerous god behind a dangerous man. Ab Abimelech being the only other person... Only other reasonable person here in this story. Yeah, fuck. It's Abimelech, it's Hagar. Lot. It's about it. No, not Lot. Fuck Lot. Kind of Lot. Not really. No, not uh, Lot. 
Lot doesn't have a lot of good <laughs> moments. Yeah, so Hagar and Abimelech. So now let's see what Abraham does to fuck over Abimelech, I'm guessing. Well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. When Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs of the flock. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you shall accept from my hand in order that you may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore, that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. When they had made a covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech, with Phicol the commander of his army, left and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham resided as an alien many days in the lands of the Philistines. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they're just buddies now. They're just friends. He's just, they're just pals. They're palling around. I do. So all that happened here was that, like, yo, some of your men took my well. Oh, shit, did they? Abraham's like, here, have this sheep, and I can keep my well. And that woman looks like, all right. Is that basically what happened here? <laughs> yeah. And Abraham planted a tree. Yeah. I gotta okay. I gotta yeah. call anachronism on the land of the Philistines bit though, because they weren't there yet. Yeah. I figured. After these Okay, so this this actually is a normal one. Yeah, uh, an actual normal one. Well what a nice break. <laughs> yeah, just a nice just a, just a just an interaction. Don't worry, we're getting back to the to the regularly scheduled bullshit. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> this deal keeps getting worse all the time. <laughs> So, Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, <laughs> and his son Isaac. I like to think his, his two young men are like, you know, his two strapping lads. <laughs> I like to think of it like that. You prepared for this like he went going into town to get groceries. <laughs> like, Hamabibalop and Obalibalom, come with me, I need to carry the, the, the bags. And by bags, I mean entrails of my son. Now you got... He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place was far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them walked to on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, uh, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. 
the prehistoric of mice and men. <laughs> All right, Lenny, look out on that. <laughs> look out. Look out on the horizon there. Oh, my God. Okay, I, I think I know what story this is now. Yeah, yeah, I think you do, too. <laughs> so, I, I, Isaac's probably safe here. Damn. Yeah, no, there's, there's no way but, to escape uh, this one, culturally. Written very weirdly, though. And he said, here I am, my son, he said. <laughs> yeah. Again, very, very, uh, renowned author Dan Brown-esque. I feel like the, the two young men are the best, are my favorite part of the story upon rereading this, though. I, I like the idea that if fucking Abraham had actually killed his son, and he had to come back and explain what happened to them, or make up some bullshit. Abraham, where's your son? Uh, he tripped and fell into the fire. Oops. And also, I didn't bring a lamb or anything. Uh, let's go home. I'm picturing it very homoerotic, <laughs> though, the two young men. <laughs> what, what the fuck? Okay, explain I'm that to me. I'm picturing them fucking, like, muscular male models, like, greased up and shit, shirtless. <laughs> We're haunts and bombs. We're here to pump you up. I don't know why I'm picturing it like that. But I'm picturing, like, the... I don't know if you've seen that video where it's like, all right, make a face like your dog just died. No, I'm ta- I'm, I know yeah, exactly just... why you're picking... <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know if you've seen the video of, like, of like the dude saying to the male model, like, all right, make a face like your dog just died. And then he, like, looks down for a second, and he, like, comes up, and he's just making, like, a normal male modeling face. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, you know, I know exactly where the fuck you got that image, and it's literally the Dragon Ball Z... Uh, Hellkeepers or whatever, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. but I do, <laughs> I do love the idea of them just like you know maybe they weren't homoerotic when they started, but the trip bonded the two together. <laughs> it's a it's sort of a broke back mountain situation, <laughs> you know. They're isol they're I- broke back they're isolated desert. up in the uh, up in the mountains, <laughs> waiting for Abraham and his son to get back, and one thing leads to another. If I were if I were straight. And I had to hang out with, my whole life. I was serving Abraham, and then you know I got to personally be with him for like two days, walking the desert, uh, knowing who he is. Like, knowing what Abraham did would certainly turn me gay. <laughs> it it disgusts me of straight people for a while. <laughs> you just like okay, if this is what straight people do, maybe I need to find something else out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. When Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. (laughs) He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Yeah, so I guess circumcision wasn't enough, huh? Wasn't enough to prove your fucking devotion to God. I I imagine this, that like, I like, you know, Abraham instead uses the knife to cut the ropes the ropes from Isaac and Isaac's like oh my god dad and they hug each other out while the lamb is just in the background burning in pain be like Ey! 
and, and the camera just pads to both of them just hugging it out. I think I think they would have killed the lamb first, the ram first in in their defense. But also, I like the idea of like, I love you so much, son. Now let's go kill this animal together. Oh yes, Danny. <laughs> and you just hear. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no. Uh, they kill the ram right. while the two young men go ram. Yeah, it wasn't the only ramming that was happening <laughs> near that mountain. Oh. <laughs> also, <laughs> fucking ram ranch. <laughs> but yeah, starting a nation outright with generational trauma and trust issues. <laughs> also got me with the... Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> Yeah, that was a creative choice by me to read it like that every time. <laughs> it's like a little kid saying present at, you know, the beginning of class. It's so, such a weird detail. <laughs> the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you. And I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven, and as the sand that is on the seashore, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies. And by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, <laughs> and they arose and went together <laughs> to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. <laughs> He went to his young men, and his young men arose <laughs> from the bed, I presume. Yeah, that's exactly what I was laughing That's exactly what I was laughing at. But also when I was reading this, I kind of got fucking infuriated. They already... Because, like, they already it, made the covenant. Was it not official yet? What a fucking asshole. <laughs> no, this... Again, this is what I was saying. He's such a fucking co-mover. It's like, no, no, no. Trust me this time. No, no, no. But this time. Trust me, bro. But now, but no, seriously though. Now, but now I'm gonna now. do it. Look, l before I wasn't sure, even though I fucking gave you an acid trip and made you cut off a bit of your dick. Now I'm gonna do it this time. What if I can go over? So I'm gonna skip a small bit about Abraham's brother having some kids. Uh, I will note that one of those kids is named Bethuel, and Bethuel has a daughter named Rebecca. And keep that in mind for next episode because it will come up. So now we're going to get onto another. Oh God! Now we're gonna now we're gonna pour poor poor Rebecca's name into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rebecca being your partner. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. So next we're going to get to the saddest part of the whole Bible, in my opinion. Uh, Sarah dying. Abraham's you know lifelong companion. Surely they'll dedicate the next paragraph at least to her dying. Right. Let's go. Sarah lived 127 years. This was the length of Sarah's life. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah, and to weep for her. Abraham rose up from beside his dead, and said to the Hittites, I am a stranger, and an alien residing among you. Give me property among you for a burying place, so that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my lord. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you any burial ground for burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, 
the people of the land. He said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat for me Ephron of Zohar, so that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price let him give it to me in your presence as a possession for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me, I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of my people I give it to you. Bury your dead. Then Abraham bowed before the people of the land. He said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, If you only will listen to me, I will give the price of the field, accept it from me, so that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is it between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron of Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field, throughout its whole area, passed to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites. In the presence of all who went in, in the presence of all, in the presence of all who went in at the gate of the city, the field and the cave that is in it passed from the Hittites into Abraham's possession as a burying place. So on. Uh, this is so needlessly repetitious. <laughs> so did you expect it to be a, two sentences about Sarah? And then a burial logistics story. I, I sort I sort of like half jokingly alluded to it, but like it, if if you were to have pictured the death of Sarah as a story, would you have expected mostly to be talking to Hittites about like the price of the land and which land and where that land faces? He really went full agrocapitalist with this. <laughs> it's like, oh no, my partner died. Uh, let me see what's the best deal I can get out of this. <laughs> like, using her death as leverage to buy some land. And the Hittites are at least nice guys, you know? <laughs> and you're like, of course. Why, you are a great man. For you can bury them anywhere. I, I don't know, this is so sleazy. <laughs> it's so, it's so, it's such a weird... You'd think that it would have literally any emotional weight. <laughs> I mean, I guess he did mourn, but... It feels like he did a hell of a lot more bargaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of just recently, Trump's first wife died, and then he buried her at Mar-a-Lago, and then a bunch of like financial analysts caught on to that. The reason he did that was so he could get a tax break. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sure does. This ain't even the book of two Corinthians yet. It sure isn't second Corinthians yet. What was the me the meme there again? Because somebody asked him what's his favorite book from the Bible. He's like, oh, they're all good. <laughs> you know, like, you know, trying to talk his way out of it. But he said, but I guess if I had to choose that, it to be second Corinthian. <laughs> or whatever the incorrect title of it is. Two Corinthians. <laughs> it, it's the proper title two Corinthians. I, I think the proper title is second Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians, which he said two Corinthians or something like that. <laughs> which, like, why would you ask him that? He doesn't fucking read the Bible. <laughs> he doesn't read. Maybe it's some lib thinking that that matters to any evangelical. I, yeah, I forgot who asked him. Probably some dumbass, but the guy, the guy doesn't read. He we literally have like court footage of him 
not being able to fucking read the documents right in front of him. Isn't, like, one of the only books he, like, actually owns and reads is, like, Mein Kampf? I want to say somebody said that, like, oh. Mein Kampf was, like, a book he had. Like one. Of I feel like that is true, but in the defense, it's, like, more of a... I, he owns it more of a case study, but also, I don't trust the person who probably said that either. Yeah, probably. It was probably some aide, some, like, fired White House aide or something, or, like, campaign aide. You know what Trump does exhibit a lot of Abraham, <laughs> uh, a lot of Abraham vibes? The sexual assault, the, uh, not paying people for the labor. Oh, the, this. uh, the incest undertones. Heavy incest undertones. Oh my god, you're right. I think the one difference is that Abraham was, like, ever successful at anything. I guess he became- Yeah, because he, he, yeah, because he eventually, he was successful in everything he set out to do. Yeah, Abraham actually competently oversaw a war once. Trump kind of half-hastily ended one. Which, you know, good and all. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think you needed to release the leader of Al-Qaeda for that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I don't remember well enough what that is. Because uh, everybody, everybody gives shit for Biden for ending, you know, the war in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. But Trump made the deal for it. Mm-hmm. And part of the deal was that he released like 200 Al-Qaeda prisoners. Oh, huh. So, you know, I don't think you need to do that, but whatever. Yeah. The art I don't of the know, I'm not a foreign policy expert. The art of the deal. <laughs> All right. Thus ends another exciting episode of the Anarcho-Biblicalist podcast. What'd you think so? What'd you think of it, Juan? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I, you, you're blackpilling me, dude. <laughs> There's no hope for this At world. first I came in like, oh my god, I'm gonna learn about this book finally. <laughs> that I should probably have read. And I regret ever learning to read now. <laughs> this is just a horror. I mean, I'm entertained. I'm highly entertained. This is a very entertaining book. But, again, like I said at last episode, knowing that our whole civilizational history stems from this one fucking book <laughs> is terrifying the shit out of me <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah i mean i, I, I guess i guess i guess good for it. trump for not knowing any 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 slice of the bible <laughs> oh god he could have weaponized that so effectively <laughs> oh god yeah if he was just a few iq a few iq points smarter well, th- in that case... Nothing could have stopped that guy. In that case, he'd just be like Jerry Falwell or whatever. He- he'd just be a megachurch person. Because, like, megachurch people are just like, Trump, but learn how to weaponize the Bible better. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, what's funny is, like, the whole thing with Trump, though, is that Trump's whole life is also, like, a black comedy. Just very much how the Bible feels like it. Because <laughs> think about it. Because his whole life, he's, like, trying to be, like, this big star that everybody loves, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of cons and navigates the political world to the presidency. Uh-huh. Only for everybody that he likes to detest him and all the people he detests to like him. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure when he was, when he uh, became president, he was expected to be on, like, Jimmy Fallon and be hold- shaking hands with uh, fucking um, Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves. But that shit only held up but- for his for his election campaign yeah but now no none of those cool people like him and so he's stuck with like ted nugent and kid rock (laughs) and all these shitty ass celebrities and he's like he's literally suffering from success yeah and we all suffer with him now yeah 
he, he brought us all down with him. So, there you go. It's the similarity. Be- the, the, common po- the common thread between Trump and the Bible is that these both are hilarious tragedies. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Or maybe I just a fucked up person looking at that. I don't and, know. And they just leave. I might need some therapy. And they just leave people's fucking... You know, they'll, they'll go and do a thing and then just, like, leave. I, I, I don't know if I should use this phrase because it's a little deep, deeper... It, it, it's a little bit, like, dehumanizing, but they, they just leave human shrapnel in their wake. They leave human what in their wake? Shrapnel. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. They just ruin lives as they go. Well, thank you, Jern. You have... You have sucked all... I've sucked you dry. All the hope from... Yes, you sucked <laughs> me dry of all my hope and dreams, and it didn't even feel good. <laughs> it's what I do, one. I laugh in the face of God for... Can a guy like me, so old and weathered, <laughs> really be sucked so dry? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything left to suck from me? I laugh. <laughs> oh, anyways, again, thanks, Jordan. All right. Yeah. And thanks, uh, thanks, listener, for uh, suffering with us. All right. Thank you, Juan, for getting sucked dry. And thank you, listener, for letting me <laughs> suck you dry. We will see you next time on the Anarcho Biblicus podcast. Goodbye. All right.